Morning's Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Yeah. 
and good morning. This is one inspiration on another Sunday morning. Good morning to you, yours. Thank you for listening, and thank you for tuning in. I want to say hello to an old friend I haven't heard from in a long time. <laughs> Good morning to you, no channel see, no channel here. It's prayer time, folks. It's prayer Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning to say thank you. So give us a word. Anything that you've done, Lord, Lee. In the Lord, in the We thank you, Lord, for the strength. Thank you for keeping us, for guiding us, day to day. Thank you for rising up and laying down. Thank you, Lord, for all you have done, what you're doing right now, and what you're going to do in the future. Lift up those Lord who behind prison walls. Lift up those, Lord, under hospice care. Lift up those, Lord, in the hospitals and those, Lord, who in psychiatric wards. Lift them up to you as well, Lord. Lift up those who are grieving. Lift up those, Lord, who we're going through something. We don't know we where it is, but then you know. We just took those, Lord, who were homeless, destitute, Lord. I remember our, our elderly, Lord, and our widows, widowers. Lord, we thank you. Lord, have you weighed in our services today? And Lord, that you, as the Holy Spirit, take over we thank you. That's our family, our friends, our church family, our neighbors, Lord. That's our pastor, his family, church family, all churches everywhere, Lord. Every we we lift up every pastor, every minister, every elder, Lord. Every minister. Keep the list. Standing us one more 
वन मुस्तैन Oh, we don't want to shout. We don't, don't want to shout later. Shout now. The battle's all over. Can we take it? Forgive us, Lord. We'll take it down. Let us be our talking family. Those who listen to us. That's our dead radio family. Thank you, Father. I want to provide for you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We'll be back at the top of the hour. Pentecost is, in a sense, the birthday of the church, but it was an important Jewish festival before it became a Christian festival. It recalled not only the covenant of Israel at Mount Sinai, but also the creation of a new kind of community, a radically different way of living after Egypt. And the early Christians incorporated these things under their understanding as well. That's the Reverend Dr. Dr. Scott Kennefe. And today he brings you a challenging message of faith and hope. Peter Wallace, this is Day One. Welcome to Day One, the weekly program that brings you outstanding preachers from America's mainline Protestant churches, sharing insight and inspiration of God's Word for your life. Yeah, um, 
one of the things that, that happens when people have been in the church for a long time, and it's not insidious or anything, it's just natural part of church life, is that the longer, the longer we're in the church, um, the, more the more and more of our friends are sitting beside are us in the pews. And uh, the result of that is that we have a tendency to lose contact with uh, even, uh, the even the people that, that may be living in the homes very near our congregations. And, and oftentimes, uh, the needs of the people in our neighborhoods are, are, different are different than we, than we perceive them. them. So one, of the, so one of the things we really focus on is helping people to, to learn about and understand uh, what's changed in their communities and how they, how they can better address the spiritual and practical needs of people today. And for the past several months, you've been serving as senior interim minister at Fort Washington Collegiate Church in New York City. You featured all the collegiate ministers a couple of years ago on day one, but introduce us to Fort Washington. It's people and its ministries. Yeah. Yeah. Fort Washington is a, a really uh, interesting and unique congregation. It's located in Upper Manhattan in a very, very multicultural context. Uh, the church building itself sits at the crossroads of a large a Dominican population, a large African-American population, and a significant uh, Anglo, population. Uh, Anglo population. And we and find, we find that all of those folks in our, in church, our church on morning. Sunday morning. And, uh, and uh, in a lot of ways, it's it's uh, like pastoring, uh, pastoring uh, uh, the United, United, United Nations. Uh, because we have people from all over the world, new immigrants, uh, many of them, uh, many of them uh, English as a language, language, and so that's a struggle. And they come, and they come from, from just a variety of different Christian traditions, everything from Orthodox to Roman Catholic to every variety of Protestant. And, and so, so putting, putting together both worship services and programming for this diverse group of people is both exciting and challenging. And the church facility itself is undergoing a rather major renovation. It is. It is. Actually, four of the, four of the church collegiate churches have recently gone under renovation. All of the buildings were uh, more than 100 years old, and it's time to update, make them accessible, or more open to the community, and just better serve the, the needs that, that we have today in terms of use of technology and things like that. We've also been, We've involved, also been involved deeply in hospice chaplaincy, congregational renewal, social justice advocacy, and other meaningful ministries. But the, the thing that runs through all your ministry experiences, as I understand it, is a pervasive interest in reform and transformation of the mainline church, as well as a deep commitment to ecumenical and interfaith engagement. In these days of uncertainty about the future of the church, where do you see us heading? Well, I think it's, well, really, I think it's really important that the, main, the mainline churches, churches have a, a, large, a larger voice in our society. We sort of have a religious, religious free-for-all free in this uh, country, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But it's, but it's, it's important, it's important uh, for people to be able to hear the moderate and progressive voices, because I think there are large segments of our society that have either uh, turned away from the church or stopped going to church. That, that would really connect, connect with what we're trying, what we're trying to say and our, our understanding of Jesus and the Christian tradition, if they know about it. it. And interfaith, and interfaith engagement, engagement seems to be more important than ever. You know, it really, you know, it really is. is. Uh, the community that I'm currently serving is, is very, very multi-religious. We have a large uh, Jewish population and, uh, and a, large a large presence of uh, various, various Asian, Asian religious, religious traditions. I can remember, I can remember I when I entered the, entered the ministry almost 30 years, years ago, ago, there was a great, great push, which, which I, was I was very supportive of, of, of ecumenical, ecumenical dialogue. dialogue. And, and uh, I've, I've 
enthusiastically engaged and worked in those areas during my ministry. But more and more today, our neighbors are from around the world, Buddhist, Buddhist, Hindu, uh, Islamic. Islamic. And, so and so we need to we need some, have some level of knowledge, knowledge of what their, what their traditions are, but an appreciation for them as well. How did you, How did you experience your call to ministry? Well, that's, well, a, that's a great question. Uh, I grew up in a suburban church uh, in Kansas City, uh, kind of on the progressive side. And uh, I remember about the time I was a junior in college, I was, I was taking some religious studies courses, courses in college, and college and really interested in, in the Christian tradition, and I was also struggling with, well, what I, what I want to do, do with the rest of my life. And it was, and really, it was really, you know, it wasn't any, anything dramatic, but I simply became, became aware, aware that, that uh, I, was I was being called into the ministry. You know, it was, you know, it was like kind of like a still small voice. I didn't hear voices or anything like that. But I was resonated with with, with uh, uh, John Wesley's, Wesley's experience, having, having his heart spiritually formed. And, uh, and you know, that, you know was, that was really the beginning of it. Uh, and I, I, have I never, never stopped feeling, feeling uh, that call uh, over, the over the last three decades. Three decades. Well, today, well, today the church, the church celebrates the day of Pentecost, and your, and your sermon, sermon draws on the account of coming of the Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Can you read it for us? Sure. Sure. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, and suddenly from heaven, heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled, and it filled the entire, entire house where they were sitting. Divided by tongues, tongues as a fire appeared, appeared among them, and a tongue, and a tongue rested, rested on each of them. All of, All them, of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there, now there were devout Jews from every, every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at, and at this sound, sound the crowd gathered, gathered and was bewildered, because, because each one heard, heard them speaking in, in the native language of each. Amazed, amazed and astonished, they asked, are not, are not all, all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how, and how is, is it that we hear each of us in our own native, native language? All were amazed and, and perplexed, saying to one another, what does, what does this mean? mean? But others but sneered, sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. This passage, this passage is filled, filled with, with amazement and astonishment and confusion about what the about Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is, up is up to here, as well as cynicism. Others sneered and said they are filled with new wine. The coming of the Spirit, the Spirit certainly, made, certainly an made an impact. What strikes you, what strikes about, you about this account? Well, I think, well, I think on the one hand, it's an affirmation that God is still with us. You know, the disciples, you know, the disciples after the, the death of Jesus were kind of on their own, kind of on their own I think. Uh, feeling at a feeling loss, at a loss as to which direction to go, yeah. and so this, so this movement, of the, movement spirit, of the spirit, I think, in very dramatic fashion, communicated, communicated that, that uh, the spirit of Jesus is, is still, among, still them. among them. But the other thing, the other thing is, is, is uh, the interesting thing about the story is, it's, it's really a really messy and unruly story. You know, we in the church, yeah, we in the church like things ordered and orderly, and we like to know what's going to happen, and that's why we have. Bulletins and, and so on, on and uh, we even pulled yeah. down our pews. Um, my, my experience is is, is that the spirit of God is is like, like it's, it's described in the story. story. Oftentimes it's oftentimes unexpected. It's oftentimes welcome, but it's always, always bringing about something yeah. new. God, 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 we look forward to hearing your sermon. Right, right away, away, moments. Moments. Thank, thank you for being, being with us. Thank, thank you. you. I enjoyed it. And if you'd like, like to listen again to today's program or read or, read or share, share a transcript of Scott's Kennefake sermon, sermon, visit, visit our, our website, website at day1.org.
the Spirit, the Spirit is, is the Spirit, the Spirit of, God. of God, the Holy, the Holy Spirit, Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit of, Christ. of Christ. This claim, this claim is, is foundational to the New Testament and early, and early Christianity. Of course, of course most, most Christian people are familiar with the story of, story of Pentecost that we find in Acts, Acts chapter, chapter 2, written, written by Luke, where the symbols, symbols of wind, wind and fire represent God's presence, presence in powerful and dramatic ways to the disciples of Jesus, who engage, who engage a diverse group of spiritual, spiritual pilgrims, who speak, speak a variety of different languages from various, various parts, parts of the Roman, of the Roman Empire. Empire. And who have made, the made their way to Jerusalem to celebrate the festival of Pentecost. These same pilgrims are enabled by the descent of the lively, creative, unpredictable, and uncontrollable spirit to comprehend a universally understood language. It's a reversal of the story of the Tower of Babel that we find in Genesis chapter 11, where the narrator says, the Lord, the Lord confused the language of all the, all the earth. earth. So Luke so is saying in his story, story that, that Pentecost, Pentecost is the beginning of the reunification of, of humanity, the creation, the creation of a new kind of community in the church. And a once, and a once timid, frightened, and discouraged group of Jesus' followers, his disciples, become forceful, confident, and unified advocates for their experience of the risen Christ. And a, new and a new faith movement and unity is born. born. But, the but the church has not always lived up to this high calling. For instance, for instance David, David Felton, Felton and Jeff Proctor Murphy in their engaging book, Living with Living Questions and Wisdom of Progressive Christianity, right? In many, in many faith traditions, it is tradition itself that is worship, held up, held up as the whole purpose of religious enterprise. Be it, be it infatuation with smells and bells, bells or resistance to inclusive language, language. Many, many faithful people have confused the sense of their understanding of right practice and right thinking, thinking with what they call faith. They insulate themselves from the unpredictable, demanding, transforming nature of the spirit with a fierce, pious, unbending commitment to the church. They practice what Richard Rohr has called a cosmetic piety intended to look good on the surface, but lacking any real depth or complexity. Defense of the changeless nature of their revealed truth becomes a virtue to be aspired to, regardless of how lifeless and rote the practice itself becomes. These thoughts resonate with words of the prophet Ezekiel, who said, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I will, I will cause breath, breath to enter you, and, and you shall, shall live, and you, and you shall know, know that I am Lord. Lord. Bones for Ezekiel are the symbolic bones of the Babylonian exiles, who have, who have little hope of breathing life back into the kingdom of Israel. But the implication is that God can, God's spirit, breath, wind, can put flesh on a skeleton and call it life, whether it's a nation or a church. And that's, really and that's really good news, because it means, because it means as our friends, friends, friends in the United Church of Christ go to say, that God, that God is, still is still speaking. And that, and that was the unexpected experience of Sarah Miles in San Francisco. The enthusiastic atheist had no intention of becoming a follower of Jesus until she met him as a living reality in the bread and wine of the Eucharist.
How has, How has this, this encounter of the sphere life changed? She started a food pantry and life? gave away literally tons of fruit and, vegetables, fruit and vegetables around the cereal around the same altar where she communion. first received communion. Organized she then organized new all pantries over the city all over the city to provide hungry hundreds of hungry families free groceries, free groceries each week. Without committees, without or committees or meetings or even, meetings, or even an official telephone she number, recruited she recruited volunteers and raised hundreds of thousands of dollars. Of dollars. Living spirit, the living spirit of Christ, described in described scripture, in scripture by the unpredictable, uncontrollable, uncontrollable wind, fire, and breath. Wind, fire, and breath. Radically transformed Sarah Miles' life community. and her community. Spirit is active. When the spirit is active, it's not just about me. It's not just about we. Me. But the creation of a new kind of inclusive, welcoming community. About we. Community love. But Sarah Miles also discovered that her newly transformed life, also transformed life wasn't necessarily, wasn't going, necessarily to be going to be easy. We had to trudge in the we rain. We had to trudge in the rain through housing projects. Sit on the curb, wiping, the, the, running curb, wiping the runny nose of a psychotic man. Take the firing pin. Take the firing pin out of a battered woman's three fifty seven magnum. Take the gun and a then cookie stick the gun in a cookie tin in the trunk of her car. Struggle with her atheist. Struggle with her atheist family. And doubting friends. She also had to learn, about, also the had to learn about the great American scandal politics of the politics of the economy, food, of, hunger the economy the of hunger and the rules of money. The spirit, the spirit brings, brings change. Well, some of it welcome, some but not. always directed, but always to, the to the neighbor in need. Elton and Proctor, Elton Murphy. And Proctor Murphy point out Christianity is Christianity not is not things about things do. we should or, or shouldn't do, or about just being nice. It's reveling, it's in, the reveling in the beauty of creation. Taking part about taking in part the in wonder the wonder of, of it all. Living, living, loving, and being. It's about embracing, it's about the, embracing the pain and suffering of the world and transforming it into, into new life. It's about harnessing, it's about harnessing creative the creative spirit that is so much a that part, is so much of, a part of what human it means. So, so spiritual, spiritual driveway moments still, still happen. God, God is, is still, still speaking. The Spirit, the Spirit is, is alive and active and bringing, in bringing renewal revitalization to both individuals and communities whose bones, bones have gone dry. The same, same Spirit even seeks out those who aren't, who aren't looking. Let us pray. Let us pray. Loving Spirit, Loving Spirit, make us aware and, and receptive to the, to the unpredictable uncontrollable gift of your creative spirit that is closer to us than breath itself and that permeates and sustains the universe. Amen. Amen. This is Sherry Miller. Why should you support the Deep Radio Ministry? Because it's helping countless people like you. For instance, Brenda, a listener in Pennsylvania, says, Every Sunday, day one gives me a message I can carry throughout my week. Mike in Minnesota says, There's not another program like day one. It allows you to hear the word of God from so many gifted voices. 
Please, Please give Jerry so day one can continue to proclaim, continue to proclaim this much-needed message radio on the radio and online. Mail your gift to mail day your one, gift to day one 2715 Peachtree Road, Atlanta, Georgia, 30305. That's 275 Peachtree Road, Atlanta, Georgia, 30305. Or call us at 1-888-411-DAY1. Or give securely online at day1.org. On behalf of everyone at Day1, thank you for your support. Uh, something to the effect that uh, heaven can 
great shape. Heaven's in great shape. It's here on earth. It's, it's here on earth that needs some work. And, you know, that's where our and, calling you know, that's where our calling is. Heaven, will take, uh, heaven will take care of itself, but we can pull to, not only share good news, but to bring hope to people. And, uh, and uh, we live in an individualistic, we live in an individualistic society. Uh, very much a collective message within our tradition as well that needs to be held up. Uh, up. Scott, one thing, one thing to be showing today that you hope our listeners will keep in mind this week. The, the I think the, the main thing is, is to keep in mind that regardless of their circumstances, whatever difficulties people may be facing, that God's presence is still very much with us. And uh, we can sense that if we'll take the time to reflect on scripture, to pray, uh, to, let the to let the distractions in our lives go for a little bit, turn off the TV, turn off the radio, get away, uh, get away from the smartphone and so on, and to listen for that still small voice. Scott Kennepe, thank you for being with us. Thank you. James One. James One is the voice of America's mainline Protestant churches. Online, online at dayone.org. Our program. Our program is recorded and edited by Donald Jones and produced by Peter Wallace. Thank you for joining. Thank you for joining us. I'm Sherry Miller, wishing you all God's blessings on day one. On day one. And
Well, listen to Morning Inspirations and the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. God spoke a glorious promise to the servant Isaiah verse 10, and it's just for you. Here's what it says. But my, but my kindness shall not depart from nor shall my covenant of my peace be removed, says the Lord, or Redeemer. Jesus is a stream of motivation and the most people today. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 1 that in the last days, days perilous times would come. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3, Paul wrote, when they, when they say that he saved safety in sudden, sudden destruction upon them as labor pains on a pregnant woman. woman. But the voice the of the mighty puppet Isaiah proclaimed the covenant of the cross which bore our Savior's blood would provide peace to your troubled, to your troubled heart today and always. always. Likely, if you're serving the kingdom, the enemy will come against you. That you will hear rumors of war nation nations rage. Remember, Remember, the covenant, the covenant of your heavenly, heavenly, heavenly Father, which says, which says do, not do not be moved, be moved. regardless, regardless of, the of the turmoil in your life, you have a covenant, covenant of peace with God will that never, will never, ever be removed. Be removed.
the church, the church contacted the Christian Law Association, believing, believing that, that religious discrimination was occurring. After reviewing the documents, one of our attorneys advised this wonderful church that this was not a case of constitutional discrimination. The church simply violated their written lease agreement. It has been, it a, has while been a while since, since you are been our website. You really ought to really check, it out. check it out. ChristianLaw.org is a virtual tool shed of legal tools, legal advice for pastors and ministries, answers to difficult questions, links to help the empire, and much more. So check it all out at ChristianLaw.org. ChristianLaw.org. This morning inspiration. Minister Kenneth Jenkins.